to the Time Pieces History Podcast. You're listening to a bonus episode. In today's show, Gudrun talks to Natalie Pithers, a genealogist. Hello, Natalie. Thank you for being here with me today. I hope you're well. I'm great, thank you. Excellent. Um, so, first of all, I wondered if, for the listeners, you could tell me a little bit about your business, because I find it really interesting, but it's not something I know a lot about. So, could you just, just tell us a little bit about what it is you do for your clients, please? Sure. So, my business is Genealogy Stories, and I help people to trace their family history, so uh, trace their ancestors going further back in time. But my main focus is on helping them to uh, really find out the stories uh, about their ancestors. So rather than going back in time as far as humanly possible, we try and find out as much as possible um, about perhaps your great grandparents or your great great grandparents um, so that you can really get to know them. So that's that's my business. That must be uh you would find out some quite fairly interesting things. Um, how did you get into that? How did you get into genealogy? Was it because you were curious about, about your own family or about other people or, or what was it? Yeah, a bit of both really. So um, my, it runs in the family. So, oh, okay. so my, yes, it's going to be a long tale. Um, my great grandmother used to tell my mother um, stories about, their ancestors and her life and the past um so things like oh your great grandfather died whilst falling off the runner board of a car whilst escorting a lady to water oh. and you know just fascinating little random random nuggets and stories you know um so my mum developed an interest um and started tracing the family tree but this was in the days way before the internet when you used to have to go to a company's house in London uh, in person to get a to get a certificate and that kind of thing so she didn't get back particularly far but she had done things like got family members to fill out questionnaires um, ask people about their memories that kind of thing and she had this blue folder with her information in it and she used to get it out and show me the old certificates um and the bits and pieces that she'd found and where the gaps were and what she didn't know and all black and white photos. And I absolutely loved it. I was just absolutely fascinated as a child. Um, and when I was about 16, somebody for Christmas got me a book on how to trace your family history. Oh, wow. Um, so I started using that, learning from a book. Uh, and it was in the days when the internet had come about and Jeans Reunited mm-hmm. uh, came about, which made the... 1901 census available um which was really groundbreaking because all of a sudden you could you could see where your ancestors lived and that made such a big difference um it became much easier to order birth and marriage to birth marriage and death certificates you could do it online so um as the kind of online offering blossomed that's that's when i began to pick it up um I went off to university and my mum and I used to speak, um, you know, quite regularly on the phone with our laptops up, both doing <laughs> the genealogy. So I've, I've done my own for a really, really long time. And then uh, and then just naturally, you know, you'd get talking to friends about it and they'd say, oh, I'd love to know this. Or you'd think, oh, I've got that surname in my tree that, you know, a friend also oh, has. Yeah, and so well. I'd go and have a little dig around. And so I ended up doing... Um, the family trees of a lot of my friends and that's kind of it led on from there really 
Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. I think that's quite interesting about the, um, about finding similar surnames. My, my husband, when we first met, well, when we first got together, his flatmate um, has quite an unusual surname. It's Pegram. And it turns out that <laughs> the Pegrams are actually connected to Mark's family. He has like cousins, distant cousins with the same name. And his family name is Tierney, but it's spelled differently to the usual spelling. So just completely okay. chance they ended up living together. And That's had, so random, isn't it? And had these names. It's just really weird. Oh, so my surname is Pivers, which is P-I-T-H-E-R-S. Mm-hmm. Um, but it further back, if you go, um, if you go back in my tree to about sort of 1750s it was pither with no s right. and it's a pretty unusual surname there's not that many of us um you know you're talking sort of between three and five hundred people in the country it's yeah. pretty low numbers yeah um but my my brother's um my, my brother's wife's so my sister-in-law her best friend that she went to school with that was um you know her kind of head, head bridesmaid uh, is a pither wow just by Pure it turns out there is a, a a small branch of pither in um in Dorset where where we are now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> so how random is that? It's very it's random. It's really random, random connections meant to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My 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 nan and my granddad. I've I've never found any connections between their family tree. They're not they're not related, mm-hmm. but their ancestors. Uh, when you go further back, um, lived in the same villages. Wow. which is which is really odd it's almost like they're, they're all these lives interconnecting at all these different points and uh, yeah. <laughs> waiting to meet yeah oh, amazing. <laughs> I love stuff like that I'm I, you know because I'm interested in history and I'm quite nosy so you know <laughs> I, I think so much of history is like sliding doors moments isn't it it's kind yeah, of, yeah it really is you know spinning on a coin <laughs> yeah if you you know if you'd gone that way instead of that way yeah it's uh it's exciting stuff so I think we've kind of covered it a little bit, but why do you think, given um, given your experience now, um, why do you think people are so interested in genealogy? What is it that um, that it intrigues them and attracts them? I think personally, it's because uh, I think it's a mix of things. I think sometimes it's because people have been passed on stories and they want to know whether they're true. Mm-hmm um sometimes it's because they know nothing and that in itself is really intriguing especially if you've been um adopted for example um but lastly i think because families are really really complicated and i think there's something about us that always thinks why was my nan that bossy or why was he i don't know why did he have such a quick temper or you know why would why was that granny really complicated why were they um you know not a very warm person and yet they did really kind things behind the scenes or why was so and so so strict and and yeah I think those kind of questions really I think people are really really complicated and therefore families are really complicated and I think we look back to the past in order to understand how our families became the way that they are now Um, yeah I think that's, uh, no, I think I think you're right because that's that's what history in general is, isn't it? It's trying to make sense of of what's happening now and what might happen, you know, by looking yeah, back at things. So I think, um, yeah, when when it comes to your your personal life and your personality, I think um, I think yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think I think just as your parents or whoever brought you up or 
your family members or close friends, just how they influence you and make you who you are. You, you kind of want to know, well, what made that family dynamic the way it was, you know? Yeah. Um, I know. I tend to think all answers lie in the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I do. I suppose that's kind of half of the course, really. Um, so yeah. What, what would you say is the most interesting or surprising fact, or maybe there's a couple of facts that you've learnt while researching family histories, maybe from your own or from a client or even from a friend? Something that, that was quite, a, you know, a, like a Danny Dyer being related to the, the Queen. Sort of well, yeah, I have a Danny Dyer story. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's probably, that's probably one of my favourites, actually. So um, my, my nan, um, bless her, always said, uh, always says anyway, that um, we had blue blood in us that was French. Right. So we were somehow related to some sort of French royalty. And the rumour in the family was that the King of France got a young maid pregnant, um, you know, and nobody ever knew about it. And we were descended from that baby, which seems, you know, fairly far-fetched. <laughs> um, but I went back a few generations and found this uh, this chap called uh, William Augustus de Crespinet Lovegrove. Ooh. Lovegrove is my nan's surname. Right. Uh, was my nan's maiden name. Um, and so he was illegitimate um, because he had his mother's surname, Lovegrove, but he had this amazing middle name, de Crespinet, which was spelled in about a thousand different ways on every single <laughs> certificate that you looked at. Um, and when I began to dig deeper, it, it soon became apparent that his um, his mother had indeed got pregnant um, when she was a servant. Um, not by the King of France, unfortunately. Oh, uh, she was the <laughs> she was the uh, the servant in the household of a man called Heaton de Crespinet, who descends from uh, the Champion de Crespinets, who were barons, Ooh. who originally did come from France, who who a little bit speculatively are Plantagenets. So, oh, cool. so there's your royal link. Um, not completely proven, but it, it certainly points that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he was a reverend. He was in his fifties, um, and she was sixteen, oh. and um, had William Augustus de Crespinet. I find it really interesting that she added in the de Crespinet, um, and the William Augustus is also linked to his family tree, not hers. That right. that, that name. Um, and rather than being kind of embarrassed by his illegitimacy, he seems to have sort of lauded it almost. He's wow. often using this de Crespinet, and I find that really interesting because it's not what you'd necessarily expect. No. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, so naughty old Heaton was um, he he later in life was defrocked, so he lost his position as a reverend. Yeah. Um, and he was in one of the last pistol duel fights. Yeah, in the country um got arrested for fraud was involved in a blackmailing scandal uh, and died a penniless gold miner in australia so he wow. was he was like a, a gem of a find um so yeah he, he's been a a really interesting character i don't think i like him very much <laughs> but um but nevertheless still a, a really interesting part of my family history that i never expected to find i mean i i thought this yeah. was all bonkers nonsense that was made up but obviously it had this tiny nugget and um 
I've since gone on to meet several other um, distant cousins or second and third cousins that are descended from this same Lovegrove line and all of them know the same story. So uh, that story has passed down for generations across lots of different lines. So it was obviously really important to them some, you know, to carry on. Um, this knowledge that who his father was whether that was a bit of a two fingers up or whether that was um, a pride thing I, I will never know but um, and poor Jane sort of disappears from the records uh, I've been oh. unable to find her after William's birth he was brought up by his grandparents so oh, wow yeah, yeah really interesting that was that's my probably my Danny Dyer moment where I went what <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool and it is quite i mean because um maidservants getting pregnant by the the master of the house is really normal normal common at the yeah, time but really common. for her to really take common. his you know to put his name in you know in on the birth certificate for the baby it's incredible yeah yeah uh so not on the birth um oh, the birth yeah no it's in i've actually never found his birth it, ah, but it okay. is on all the baptisms it's on all the baptisms and when he gets married he names his father as um, as a de Crespinet. So um, so there's there's no making up of somebody there. He's yeah. he's it's all spelt wrong. So Heaton yeah. becomes Eaton. Um, yeah. They were Londoners, but yeah, but it's all there. So yeah, I found that quite incredible. Um, and I found another thing that I found really interesting about it is that some of my um, distant cousins that have found that um, relationship have kind of romanticised it a little bit um and i think it's almost a slight mistelling of it 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 becomes romanticized like she had this love affair with this married reverend that was a lot older than her kind of thing whereas i tend to look at it as quite a shocking um a story of somebody who was in a position of real power over a woman who who ended up you know having a baby who was very poor um you know whereas he was very wealthy and and all those kind of power games that would have come into that you know and I, I find that very interesting and very sad and yeah, <laughs> um, but other people in my family have taken a completely different view of it so it's quite interesting yeah I think that maybe that makes them feel better about it you know yeah to, I think to, so, maybe to, to retell it that way you know I mean I suppose there are there are love stories like that aren't there but that it's hard to it's hard to see it that way isn't it you know he would have been old enough to be a grandfather in those times and he's taking advantage of her and if she's disappeared from the records then yeah it doesn't bode well for her does it so yeah he he yeah I mean I have no idea of knowing whether he provided for her or anything but I, I have seen his will and there is you know there's no mention of his illegitimate child within that will um he was a bit of a cad. He also abandoned his wife when he went off to be a gold minder in Australia. So, yeah, um, yeah he, 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 I don't think he was the most pleasant of people, really. But, no, he um, doesn't, he doesn't sound like it's not necessarily a great <laughs> yeah. loss to his, uh, his poor son. But yeah, so that's probably the, my Danny Dyer moment. And then there's been lots of funny moments um things that are kind of they are quite poignant but but also can't help make you smile like um I had an ancestor that was a rural postman and he got um arrested and tried for stealing um money out of the letters that he was delivering um uh but it turned out that he he got discovered um because he was hiding the letters underneath his hat oh and his um <laughs> 
his boss said one day, have you been stealing? Are they, you know, empty your pockets? And he emptied them and he went, now take off your hat. And he was caught, you know, oh. red-handed. Sort of. um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, then he finished his days as gardener. And uh, although it's quite sad because he must have been quite desperate, you can't help but kind of smile. And there's this brilliant description of him in the new newspapers as, as a kind of having like one tooth and oh. <laughs> yeah. and uh, you can't help but smile oh yeah maybe you should have put them in the under a hedge rather than under his hat yeah yeah it was not the best of hiding places apparently it was it it was quite obvious that they were under his hat as well so he hadn't done quite oh. a you got the impression he wasn't the sharpest tool in the box yeah <laughs> <laughs> certainly no criminal mastermindery they're going on there um oh. bless him yeah, but I, I'm quite fond of him. So. <laughs> oh, I think that's cool. I can just imagine him going, oh, no, I'm ready to see them under my hat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. So um, moving on, what, what in, in your view, is the, the biggest misconception around genealogy, um, either from the industry's perspective or the public? You know, is, is there something that, is there some, some idea that, that um, people have about it or that the industry could do that doesn't do? I think um, I think it's um, I think there's a misconception that genealogy is all about going back in as far in time as possible or proving that you're somehow connected to someone royal or famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I think for a lot of people who trace their family history, it's it's not about that. I think it's about, um, like I said, collecting those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get people who are kind of name collectors. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not not necessarily my interest. But um, uh, And I think the other misconception is that it's, is that it's really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, it's actually not very difficult to get started. Um, you can learn it from a book yourself or from blog posts and things. Um, you will make lots of mistakes. <laughs> but... But that's okay. Actually, every genealogist starts off making lots of mistakes um, yeah. and you just you learn from them. Um, and I think a lot of genealogists probably suffer from a bit of imposter syndrome because you feel like you should know where every single record that ever existed is. Mm-hmm. And actually, nobody knows that. You know, you, yeah. you, you, um, you do have to go and relook things up and you do need to check dates sometimes and it's having that awareness um, that you need rather than necessarily knowing anything. So, uh, yeah, I think sometimes that puts people off. They yep. think, oh, I've got no idea about military records, so therefore I can't trace anything, you know. So they get kind of stuck on something that they don't think that they'll be able to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how that kind of answers the question or... No, definitely. I think um, I think to me it it's always seemed quite quite involved and in, in something that I yeah I would have thought it was difficult to get started with so that's quite interesting no it can be it can be costly mm-hmm. um and it can be um time consuming mm-hmm. um but there's nothing stopping anyone chipping away at it a little bit at a time and um and even simple things like getting started by asking your existing family questions um mm-hmm. it, it's something that people tend to skip yeah um, and actually it's completely invaluable um, I spent years looking for my great grandfather um, 
and I spent years looking for a Samuel Pithers because everybody had always referred to him as Sam. Mm -hmm. Everyone always called, you know, it was Sam Pithers. And um, after having, I think, probably about the fifth or sixth conversation with my grandfather about how I could not find his dad, my great-grandfather, couldn't find his birth, he suddenly piped up one day and went, well, his name isn't Sam. <laughs> but I've been looking for several years now for a Sam Pithers. Well, oh, no, that wasn't his real name. His real name was George William. Footnote, I still couldn't find his birth. <laughs> Had to go via his siblings. But... Um, yeah, it, it's surprising how having those conversations yeah. about family history with the family that you have got can actually lead to you garnering quite a lot of information and that yeah. can um, really kickstart your, your journey into discovering your family history. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it can, things like the ordering birth, marriage and, and death certificates can get quite um, expensive over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the cheapest of hobbies. <laughs> no, yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, my mum's been um, digging into things a bit and to hear the Irish side of her family um, for <clears throat> reasons we'll not go into. Um, and uh, it's, she's been getting, I think she ended up with six or seven different documents and it cost her, you know, a couple of hundred quid just for, yeah. just for those few, you know, for one grandparent on her, you know, on her mother's yeah. side. So you can see how... It would quickly, no, quickly mount up. It, it definitely can. I mean, I think one of the ways that you can help yourself with that is to um, have a really clear aim as to what you want to achieve and probably mm -hmm. have two of them because yeah. you'll probably get stuck on a brick wall at some point and, and rather than getting frustrated and keep hitting that wall, it can be better to have another ancestor that you're also interested in that you mm -hmm. have a clear plan with, go and do a bit on them and then come back to that yeah. wall because you might yeah. find that you've learn something that makes you look at it differently or that just there's um a fresh bunch of records online which helps yeah um or that you're able to go to the archives you know which would be amazing um but the and i think the other thing that can help with that is looking at the free resources that do exist that will help expand your um social history knowledge of the, mm -hmm. the time in which your ancestors left so yep. i think we can all get quite caught up on trying to prove that we've got the right birth certificate or trying to um again go further and further back in time yeah actually there's like there's a whole wealth of books online that were written um in the times that our ancestors lived so things like the internet archive mm -hmm. um happy trust they they've got you know i wrote a piece recently about um well a while back about um our ancestors experiences of, of giving birth um mm -hmm. and um i was looking at um, an old occupation called monthly nurses which is kind of exactly what it says on the tin really helping yeah. um, mothers nurse their babies and look after their babies in the first couple of months and um, there are some fantastic books describing breastfeeding back in 1800, all written by men, of course. Of course. Um, you know, and, and you so much as look at another man in a wrong way and your milk is tainted. And, you know, <gasps> they're fascinating reads. Wow. Um, so just, you know, perhaps taking a step back on, on necessarily going back as far as possible, but looking really closely at what you have found. So yeah. if you've got one birth certificate, you know the address and the date of your ancestors um birth that means that you could find two generations worth of social history on that place really oh, when you yeah. think about it because you're looking at their parents and them yeah. and how what they grew up in so um yeah so it doesn't there can be other ways of doing things i guess this is my favorite question this is how i'm, I'm planning to end 
all of my um, my interviews with my guests. So my question okay. is, if you could spend a day in history, when would it be? Or which person from history would you like to meet? Oh, uh, Charles Dickens. Oh, that was an easy one. Yeah, I, I did. I, my, my degree was in English, uh, English Lit, yeah. and I did my dissertation on Charles Dickens, and I find him a really fascinating character and I, in fact my favorite time period is the victorians i find the victorians just so fascinating yeah like they like probably how um uh like biologists and animal experts look at monkeys because they <laughs> they're like they're like our cousins in that they are so similar to us they, they are, you can relate to them um but they're you know they're they're like us with with the internet and technology they're constantly evolving and coming up with new inventions and um you know but yet they are so alien to us as well and i yeah i find that they they just fascinate me i just love the victorian era they're such a like dichotomy yeah um so i would go and meet charles dickens and find out whether he whether he was a nice person or not because it's debatable (laughs) yeah I mean I think there's always you know sort of up until fairly recently he was you know a a really great guy and highlighting the plight of the poor in London and then you you find out more about him and you go he was um was really vile to his wife (laughs) he was yeah and he was a character in um yeah there's a tv program what was it uh he when in his in his early days as Boz he appears in a I can't remember if it was The Alienist or something like that. Um, there's one of those um, Victorian TV dramas that's been on recently and, and Charles mm. Dickens turns up as his, as his uh, boss persona in the early days and he doesn't come across very well there. You know, he's always no, pursuing people was, for information. Yeah, I think he was a really, really complicated person and that, that probably sums it up, really. I think... Um, there's a really interesting discussion going on at the moment, especially with um, with Black Lives Matter about statues, yeah, and about, and I think they're really really important questions. Um, you know, people are really complex, and people, <laughs> the same people who can do really good things can do really horrible things, um, yeah. and things that are really wrong. And um, I think that's a discussion well worth having. And I yeah. think. I find I find the whole the whole taking down of the statue of certain statues really interesting. I think mm-hmm. it's um, a debate that really needs to happen. And I was talking to somebody about the Winston Churchill statue, um, and a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, it's Winston Churchill, so the Winston Churchill statue's got to stay, surely, because of uh, of the good that he did during World War Two." And I was sort of saying to um, this other person, I think what makes it difficult is there is such a lack of um, BAME statues. Mm-hmm where you know where those people might have done good things and bad things and because it's not on the same par yeah that makes that the glaringness of those uh white people that have done good and bad so glaring I don't I don't know how, how to put it into words I don't know if that makes sense it does yeah I know what you mean and the thing with Winston Churchill is you know it, it, his sort of still in living memory not for many people these days but still to an extent it's certainly you know we all had grandparents that we I think the legacy known. of it is very much in living memory yeah yeah and I think I think that that sort of overshadows the fact that actually he did some fairly horrible things and I think I, I think I think it is an important conversation to have and I think it is complex but I think sometimes you have to go you know maybe that slave trader statue not so much yeah I think that's a little bit more clear-cut oh that yeah, one, yeah yeah you know I mean, very much so 
Um, in fact, I find it amazing actually that it's taken this long for some of those statues to come down really. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, until until we're on a part where you have, you know, an equal number of statues from a whole range of different ethnicities and backgrounds and religions and, mm -hmm. you know, you're missing all the complex characters that exist in those those backgrounds as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting time. Um, we're living through history at the moment, aren't we? In so many different ways. Yeah. I know you're always living through history, but I really feel like we're living through history at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Yeah, it is. It's a funny time. I mean, because um, you might have seen uh, the protests from Newcastle yesterday, which has been a bit embarrassing. Um, because there's no suggestion that Earl Grey's monument's going to be pulled down. Well, he was an abolitionist, so you know it was he, he was the one who pushed the bill through for you know right. kind of slavery. <laughs> so he's not at the top of anybody's list. But the argument has been that you know he paid the reparations to the slave owners. Yeah, but, so that's a slight yeah. argument. But at the end of the day, you know he was an incredibly progressive prime minister. I, I think I've just done a I did a podcast about him on the last season. You know he. Mm you know he did what he had to do and it it's really difficult as well because we're all guilty i think um i think everybody does it of judging people in the past through our own modern eyes yeah um and it's really difficult because people so i, I i've had this on a personal level i found a photo of a great grandmother of mine in blackface um, mm -hmm. taking part in a play in the early 1920s and I have to admit that my very first reaction to it was well they didn't really realize it was that wrong in those days things have changed and then I kind of caught myself on really thinking actually no I'm making an excuse for something and I don't know whether they thought it was wrong in those days or not that's not something yeah. I've ever looked into mm -hmm. so I then started researching and I was um, you know kind of surprised to say that actually you know even back in the 1920s there was and I say that with little uh, yeah. finger marks and <laughs> um, there was there were discussions about how blackface could be offensive um so um and you know so she did do something that was offensive um yeah. the fact that it was in 1920s um doesn't necessarily you know completely excuse it but i know that she was a very loving great grandmother and, and that's kind of again it goes back to that thing about people yeah. are complex and unless you keep having those conversations um you know and I have to hold my hands up and go that's part of my history as a white person yeah you know so yeah exactly. it's complicated yeah it is it certainly makes me think anyway I think which is a good thing definitely yeah I think I think a lot of a lot of people are at the minute and that, that can only be a good thing can't it really so um Natalie thank you so much for your time today um if people want to find out more about your genealogy services and and what you can do to help them where can they where can they find you online they can find me at um www.genealogystories.co.uk where um they will find my website uh everything about me and all my services excellent and my blog <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, everybody, I encourage you to go and check it out. And you never know, you might uh, you might have a, a French descendant of royalty or a baron somewhere in your in your background. I'd like to think what my uh, what my ancestors would uh, turn out to be. <laughs> one, one thing I would say is everybody's got a story. I think people think, oh, my ancestry is going to be boring because they were all poor or they're all agricultural laborers as far as I know but everybody's got something interesting <laughs> I reckon I reckon so yeah I'll have to um 
I'll have to start digging around. Maybe I'll start with my mother's side. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.